You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and whatever other gender you may decide you are, we welcome you as well. So, uh, But you can pick. I'm not going to use them all because I don't have time to list all 200 genders. But today we have great news, we have stupid news, and we have funny news. All kinds of stuff out today. First of all, let's go over something I had a couple of weeks ago that just, it tickled me a little bit, but apparently the San Francisco Board of Supervisors has declared the NRA is a terrorist organization. <laughs> now, for people who live in the red districts, it's difficult enough to take places like San Francisco seriously. It's hard not to laugh at these people with their, you know, they want to control the guns and stop the violence, and yet they can't pick the poop up off the streets in San Francisco and make it safe to walk without getting your shoes destroyed. Or, even worse, all the diseases, all that carries along with it. But apparently, the city of San Francisco, between the time of cleaning up their streets and stopping the homeless problem, has had time to formally adopt a resolution calling the National Rifle Association a domestic terrorist organization. Despite the fact that no NRA members have been involved in any mass shootings and the crime rate among NRA members is some of the lowest in the country, almost statistically zero. But they decided that because they don't like guns and they don't like anybody who likes guns or supports guns or apparently supports the Second Amendment or Second Amendment rights, they're going to declare the NRA a terrorist organization. Now, I don't know what that means as far as what they're going to do. Are they going to not allow them to have meetings there? Are they going to raid them when they have an NRA meeting there or, a, you know, a, one of their uh, friends of the NRA gatherings? Are they going to do something like that? I think it's more just a symbolic motion to say, oh, yeah, we don't like guns, so we're going to we're going to bash the NRA because they represent gun-owning Americans and they represent supporters of the Second Amendment, and they don't like the Second Amendment. If it was up to them, I'm sure they'd rewrite the Constitution and decide the Second Amendment isn't applicable anymore. It doesn't apply. But, you know, the NRA, of course, made a statement. <laughs> this ludicrous stunt by the Board of Supervisors is an effort to distract from the real problems facing San Francisco, such as rampant homelessness, drug abuse, skyrocketing petty crime, just to name a few. The NRA will continue working to protect the constitutional rights of all freedom-loving Americans. Okay, they took a swipe at them, but it was worth it. They were dead on with their response. Nothing could have said it more. But the, I don't think San Francisco realizes that the Second Amendment is the second one because it is that important. After all, let's think about it for a second. The Founding Fathers, they didn't come back from a rabbit hunt or a quail hunt or even a deer hunt and then write the Constitution. They came back from liberating a nation from what was at the time the most powerful empire in the world. They just came back from fighting a war. And they saw the kind of tactics the British were using to try and keep them from arming themselves, defending themselves, and fighting for their own rights. So they decided that it was that important to list in the Bill of Rights that no one should infringe on Americans' rights to own firearms. Now keep in mind, when they start talking about, oh, we have to do it to defend the we don't care if you go deer hunting, the Second Amendment wasn't written for deer hunting. They didn't come back from a deer hunt. They came back from a war to liberate a nation, and that's what they were writing when they mentioned the Second Amendment. So people in San Francisco, 
Yeah, go ahead and deal with your your terrorist, your uh, phony terrorist organizations. But I think the real problem is going to be how do you keep the streets clean? How do you stop the petty crime? How do you stop the homelessness? How do you stop these diseases from spreading? I mean, they have no ability to really accomplish anything with this, but it's just kind of funny how they threw it out there. Well, they're going to call the NRA very shortly. Mark my words for this. San Francisco will call the NRA for help to come in to shoot the rats that are all over the street. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Apparently in Baltimore, it took... Unfortunately, they might get some politician in the rat corps. How do you tell the difference? You don't. Well, no, that's not true. One has a longer tail than the other one. <laughs> well, you know, I think it was Mark Twain who said that uh, politicians and diapers need to be changed often and for the same reasons. <laughs> But okay, so San Francisco, yeah, go ahead and show how stupid you really are and you declare the NRA a terrorist organization while you're dealing with crime in the streets, while you're dealing with uh, ridiculous hygiene conditions. Now, it's going to get worse there because they're not doing anything to stop it or very little. So I just wonder how that's going to pan out. But next, we're going to go over to, uh, to Texas. Now, everyone has known... What's his name? Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke has been ranting on and on during the debates on TV, on any chance he gets, on any uh, town hall meetings. He goes ranting how he's going to take our AR-15s. He's going to take our AK-47s. And I'm thinking, now he's basically threatening us with theft. Is he going to just take them? Then he says, oh, it'll be a mandatory buyback. That sounds like theft to me. If I don't want to sell something and you force me to give it to you at whatever price you determine is fair, yeah, that's not that's not a buyback. Buyback would imply that I bought it from them to start with. If the government gave me an AR-15 or gave it to me at a discounted price and wanted it back, that'd be a different story. But let me tell you, I have never purchased a weapon from the government, nor have they given me any. So for them to buy it back is a complete lie, absolute complete lie. Now, it's funny, though, because he's been going on, oh, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47s. We're not going to allow it to be used against your fellow Americans anymore. But it's funny. Now, a long, long, long time ago, like last year, O'Rourke had a much different stance when he was running for Senate in Texas. Because <laughs> I think he knows that stance would not have flown in Texas. He was on a show in April 2018. And the host asked, he goes, I own an AR-15. A lot of our listeners out there own AR-15s. Why should they not have one? And O'Rourke said, to be clear, they should have them. If you purchase that AR-15, if you own it, you keep it, continue to use it responsibly. And then he added in the same interview, if you own a gun and keep that gun, nobody wants to take it from you. At least I don't want to do that. Boy, has his attitude changed. This sounds reminiscent of the Obamacare. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Now it's if you have, if you own your AR-15, you can keep it. Up until the time he decides he's going to take it from you. It's just amazing how these people flip-flop. As soon as he gets out of Texas running for Senate and decides to run for a national position, he just flips it around to cater to the, the left-wing nut job um, area there that are calling for all guns to be taken away so and to fight this kind of thing how what would you do how do you fight a guy like this it's funny because he somebody had reposted his 
statement that I will take your AR-15, I will take your AK-47, and somebody responded to him in a tweet and said, my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis. Now, what does Robert Francis do, Mr. Beto? He comes in and says, this is clearly a death threat. Clearly, you should not own an AR-15, and neither should anyone else. Just by telling him, my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis. I mean, it's like ready to be bought back, ready to be handed in. No, ready for you as in he just assumes it's going to be something used with something violent. And the guy who responded to him was a representative in Texas. He was a a state representative. So, and then of course Beto tries to red flag him by saying he was, he made a death threat by saying that. I didn't hear anything violent. I didn't hear any action being proposed. Nothing. He just said, my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis. There. That's all he said. And he's starting a fight. It's just amazing what the left will do. They'll twist words around to make them fit their narrative. How do you fight this though? How do you prevent this? Well, you have to do more than repost a few things on Facebook. You have to contact representatives. You have to vote. And I know you may have to hold your nose and vote for some people. Other people are going to get you a little more excited. Hopefully, we can get more people to get us a little more excited about voting for them. Stand up for the Second Amendment, for the First Amendment, for the entire Constitution. It's not that it needs to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. Half these politicians have no idea what it says. But you also have to find places. There are places that use automated systems to send letters. Use it. Also, talk to friends. Talk to family. Anybody who was willing to listen to you and to make adjustments in maybe the way they vote or maybe not vote for a certain, you know, very staunch anti-gun supporter, maybe you can pull votes away from somebody who's like that. But you have to get out and you have to be active because it's not going to happen by just standing there and waiting. You can't just, you know, vote yourself and expect that to do it all, although you must do that as step one. But step two, find other people you can get to vote. If they've never voted before, see how they stand. If they believe the way you believe, if they support the Constitution, try and help them. Try and help them to get registered, get them to vote. Because right now, I think that's still the best way to, quote-unquote, fight this war is at the ballot box. We have that power. It's still effective, and it still works. I know a lot of people are yelling, calling for revolution and this and that, and that's and that's we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Right now, the, the ballot box is the way to do it. Although, now I'm going to mention two words here that you would never think go together, but in fact, in this case, it is true. A Texas Democrat, I know, you don't think Texas has many Democrats. Well, apparently, this is U.S. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Yes, if you're familiar with the politics against guns, she is a standout in this particular field. And she made news this week by standing in front of a bunch of reporters inside the U.S. Capitol, stumping for gun control legislation that would uh, establish a national gun registry and ban 50 caliber ammunition. And now she claims she had firsthand experience with these weapons of war. She hopes to confiscate. She said she held an AR-15 in her hands, and it weighed as much as 10 boxes you might be moving, and the bullet it utilized, a 50 caliber. These kind of bullets need to be licensed. They do not need to be on the streets, she claimed. Now, I don't know how big her moving boxes are. I mean, if I'm moving a box, I assume it's going to have at least five pounds of stuff in it. 
You know, now I've heard anywhere from five to ten pounds is a reasonable amount for a moving box. So that means the AR-15 that she held weighed between fifty and a hundred pounds and fired a fifty-caliber bullet. <laughs> now, for those of you aficionados, yes, you can have an AR-15 chambered in a fifty-caliber. I believe the fifty-caliber Beowulf and maybe one other one that I'm not familiar with. But yeah, you can. But that's probably less than one percent of all AR-15s out there. Almost. All of them are chambered for a 22 caliber. If they're in a standard caliber, it's a 22 caliber. The second most popular, probably the 30 caliber and the 300 blackout. But there aren't that many 50 caliber AR-15s around. And to try and limit ammunition just because of the size of the bullet seems kind of silly. Because she she's not even addressing the 99% of AR-15s that are 5.56 five, or 223, whatever you want to call it. And yes, I know they're different. <clears throat> But she just says they weigh as much as 10 boxes you might be moving. 10 boxes? What is she moving? Like boxes of spaghetti or something? I mean, 10 boxes. That's ridiculous. Everyone who has one knows an AR-15 probably weighs between, I don't know, 6 to 8 pounds. You put an optic on it, you might get it up to 10 pounds if you load a few extra things on it. Even with a heavy barrel and front grip, optics, all the accessories, slings, yeah, it might be a 10- or 11-pound gun. It's not going to be a 50- to 100-pound gun. And this lady's sitting there ranting to people how these guns need to be outlawed because they shoot 50-caliber bullets, and they're so heavy. Now, if they're so heavy, they're probably harder to carry around. They're harder to maneuver. They're going to be less lethal. So she wants them to be lighter, easier to carry, easier to maneuver with, which nothing wrong with that, I guess. But I guess she just goes off on this stuff and has no idea what she's talking about. And people who don't know any better will believe her. You know, and it, you know, and you hear all these things like the the double barrel magazine extended clip. You know, the the, the ghost guns from the senator in California. Oh, he spouted off a bunch of stuff. The people who know guns were just laughing their butts off at. Well, we're going to come back in a few minutes. We'll take a short break. And you're listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger B. Preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concourse, museums, tours, and collectors. And should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. This is Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Now, if you have any questions or comments or subjects you'd like to see approached, discussed, knocked out, whatever, you can write me at Roger at AmericasWebRadio.com. 
All righty. Well, here we go. More politics in the news because guns are in danger right now. Their biggest danger is rust and politicians, and the politicians are pulling ahead of the pulling ahead of the rust by leaps and bounds. They are coming after guns with a vengeance, and it seems like a lot of America is standing with them. They don't realize the only reason the First Amendment still exists is because the Second Amendment is there. It makes you wonder, after 240-some-odd years, what is the government planning on doing that they want to take your guns away? What is What are they doing that you're going to want to shoot them for? All of a sudden, after 240 years, you don't need to have any guns because they're planning something. Who knows? Like I say, get out and vote. Make your friends vote. People who may not vote or are afraid to or never have, if they believe in the Constitution and values that it sends a message for, then go ahead, get them to vote. Get them to stand up for the Constitution. And right now, I know this doesn't sound like much because they threw out the uh, impeachment um, bull squeeze last week trying to make up some story, whistleblowers and whatnot. Turns out Trump kind of turned the tables on him on that one. But I think it was a distraction because right now, right now, in the House of Representatives, almost 200 Democrats now support a bill that will outlaw all semi-automatic weapons. Not just the AR-15, all semi-automatic weapons. They're saying they have the support. They're trying to put a bill. They have a bill that they're trying to push through. Now, I doubt it'll go anywhere in the Senate, and I'm pretty sure I would hope that Trump would not sign it, but they aren't just talking about AR-15s. Every new Glock, every my Ruger uh, 22 pistol, because it is a magazine-fed semi-automatic, would be gone. All these weapons, anything semi-automatic would be gone. These people want to eliminate everything. So basically, they want to knock us back to bolt-action rifles and revolvers. And I'm thinking, why on earth does it make any difference how a weapon works as to how they want to outlaw it? But you know what? This is going to be the assault weapons ban of 2019. It would also ban any mistakenly labeled high-capacity magazines, which are actually standard capacity. And we would have, and we'd have no new semi-automatic weapons to feed them into anyway. It's going to eliminate all semi-automatic weapons. And they keep calling them assault weapons, which is not true. They're not assault weapons. They're defensive weapons. 90% of the time they are used to defend people, not assault them. And, of course, they go on with their – they're designed to kill people in war. It's the only thing they do. So now a twenty-two target pistol is considered an assault weapon by these Congress idiots. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said he's looking at a huge list of possible restrictions, including bans on semi-automatics, bans on high-capacity magazines, along with banning those on the FBI terrorist watch list from buying guns and nationwide red flag legislation. The red flag legislation here, it's rearing its ugly head again, and now they're looking at a national red flag law. Now, if you've been following along with us at all the last few weeks, the red flag law is probably the biggest detriment to freedom in this country. It means a neighbor, a co-worker, a family member can contact the police, say you are a danger to yourself or others, and they will confiscate your guns without any due process whatsoever. You don't get to you don't get to go to court and argue your case first. They take the guns first. And then when you have to get the back, you have to go to court, pay all the cost, 
and fight to get them back. And it's just like when Ted Kennedy was on the TSA no-fly list, he had trouble getting his his name removed, even though he was a U.S. senator with a known body count of just one, one murder. Well, maybe neglectful murder, but anyway... Imagine how a typical American affair trying to get their name removed from an FBI watch list that they somehow got on for no reason other than maybe mistaken identity or, you know, something like that. In fact, there was a red flag law not too long ago where a gentleman had the same name as a criminal and they took his weapons away because they were not willing to, to determine a difference between the person they were trying to take the guns away from and the actual criminal, even though... They were totally different people, different height, weight, color, different addresses, different ages. They still didn't care. He had the same name. Therefore, he was going to be victim of the red flag law, and he had to fight to get his 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 uh, guns turned back to him. Now, I think the Democrats know they're up against a fight here, but you know what? They keep pushing it to try and get their base all fired up and excited. They want to try and put political pressure on Trump and McConnell by saying, see, the Democrats would do it if the voters handed them control of the White House and the Senate in 2020. They would pass this assault rifle ban. Now, I don't know how many of you are old enough to, to have lived through the first assault weapons ban, but it was kind of nuts. Getting magazines, standard capacity magazines for anything became impossible. Nobody was aware of it. It is kind of bouncing around in the House and the Senate for a while, and no one thought it was going to go anywhere. It ended up passing, caught everybody off guard, and all of a sudden you couldn't find standard capacity magazines for your AR, for your Glock, for anything else. Anything over 10 rounds was illegal unless they were already owned. Now, I don't know if this law would actually pull the magazines away from people if they already had them. Or if they were just trying to limit the new ones. Because a lot of the states now, I know in California and in New York and I believe in New Jersey, even if you owned these prior to any laws coming out, you have to hand them in, destroy them, or sell them out of state. So it's they're pushing for this. Now, if by some chance they manage to get control of the Senate and the White House in 2020, this will be something they will push for and they will pass. They will pass an assault weapons ban. And this is the, pretty much the entire Democrat wish list of things they would love to get away with. But for now, just banning all the new semi-automatic weapons is that no civilian needs that much firepower. And the sale of high-caliber ammunition, I don't know what they're going to do to determine that. So maybe they're going to decide you don't need a forty-five to defend yourself. Maybe you should just have a thirty-eight or a twenty-two or a seventeen caliber. That's all. You need a pellet gun to defend yourself. That's all you need. You just have to put an eye out, and that's all you have to do. Yeah, so just keep that in mind. This is a bill that is pending, and it the Democrats are supporting it wholeheartedly, and they're using this to fire up their base to try and win back the White House and the Senate in 2020. And if they do, they will undoubtedly pass this legislation. So, again, get your friends, get people you shoot with. If they don't vote, get them to vote. Get family members who feel the same way to vote. Get them to get out there and make a difference. And just in case, I don't believe it would be harmful to stock up on some standard capacity magazines, some extra ammo. Because, you know, I have too much ammo. It's something that nobody has ever said. Unless, of course, you have to move it. But, yeah, it wouldn't hurt to have a few extra pieces in your collection at this point. Because if the Democrats actually do stand a chance of getting control, they will pass this assault women's ban probably quicker than you can shake a stick at they'll be into it 
and all these magazines will just disappear. It'll be amazing how fast they're going to go away. In fact, that's one reason why we have gun prices so low today, because I think so many people thought for sure Hillary was going to win, and they thought if she wins, oh, my God, here comes the assault rifle ban, here comes the high-capacity magazine ban, and all these other improper terms they're using. They were going to take away as much stuff as they could as quickly as possible. But unfortunately, the truth does come out once in a while. Well, unfortunately for for the liberals and for the Democrats who believe gun control is taking everybody's guns away. But today, actually, I think it was just released today or yesterday, the FBI annual crime report is out. And let me tell you, the anti-gun people are not going to be happy about this. The statistics are showing that everything is down. There's a drop in violent crime for the second consecutive year, according to the Bureau's news release on the numbers. However, the numbers specifically in homicides in the United States offer some insight. Due to multiple mass shootings that took place in August, the gun control proponents have once again turned their their aim towards semi-automatic rifles, you know, with O'Rourke. Hell yes, we're going to take it away. Yeah, good luck with that. Let's hope he has no luck with it. But in previous years, the numbers showed rifles, including semi-automatics and bolt actions and pump action. All rifles in general account for such a small percentage of homicides. Now, the 18 numbers are out. Okay, let's. I'm going to run through these real quick. I'm going to read some of these off. Last year, the homicides were 15,195. In 2018, 14,123. Over a 1,000 less homicides in 2018 than there were in 2017. And now keep in mind, all of these numbers, this, this number went down with record gun sales month after month after month. So more and more guns in the hands of people, law-abiding citizens, drove these numbers down over a 1,000 homicides less in 2018 than in 2017, despite you know, the mass shootings we've been having, the homicide rate is still lower than it's been, than it was last year, and lower last year than it was the year before that. So it's it's dropping. It's going down. Now, they had uh, like 10,265 homicides were committed with firearms out of the 15,000, out of the 14,123. So a large majority of them were committed with guns. Now, of those, almost 6,700 were committed with handguns. Rifles were used in 297 homicides, 297 out of 14,000. And if you look at that, it's like, what, 2, 2%, 2.1% of the, of the statistics are showing. And now, why on earth would the government go after guns that are responsible for 2% of the homicides? It makes no sense unless they're planning on doing something that you'll want to shoot them for. Uh, But again, even same as last year, deaths from knives, personal weapons like hands, fists, and feet were higher than the number of homicides committed with a rifle. They're talking about the tiniest area other than shotguns. Shotguns accounted for 235 versus the 297 with a rifle. But still, you're talking even together, they are a minuscule amount of what they're of what they're doing and they're going down gun sales are going up ammo sales are going up and the homicides are going down what that tells me is that more armed people more law-abiding armed people are having guns defending themselves defending family friends co-workers 
and keeping people from getting murdered. Okay, I am Roger B. You're listening to the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And we're going to be back after a few moments and messages. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. Last week, my party chief said he wanted to go someplace he had never been before. So, I took him to the rear property line. Sound familiar? Are you tired of trudging all the way to the back of property lines? Why not take the steps to become a crew chief instead? Or even better, why not become a professional land surveyor and see your name stamped on that final survey? The Nettleman Institute of Land Surveying Engineering Technology is your next step. At NYSET, We believe you are the future of surveying, and we want to do everything we can to help you succeed at becoming a professional surveyor. NYSET offers the only online one-year certificate of land surveying program that includes all books, fees, and expenses in one simple price. Visit LandSurveyCareer.com to stop trucking through the mud and step into your future today. Listening to America's Web Radio on the America's Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening. That was our 50 caliber, 100 pound AR 15 firing off a few shots across the bow. <laughs> Sheila Jackson Lee, oh my goodness. Now, this is something I'm going to read this because this was something I saw. This is a Twitter. Liberals going, I am 100% sure you do not need any guns. And the response was, I am 1776% sure you are wrong. (laughs) That's right. It all comes back to the Second Amendment, the Founding Fathers, when they created what is probably the greatest nation on earth. And they did it after fighting a war to liberate themselves from the greatest empire of their time. And another woman who does not believe it is your right to own guns or have ammunition to feed them, Elizabeth Warren. Yes, Focahontas. She has come out and made her stance on her love of weapons very clear. Now let's let's go there. I want to. There's a quote from John Marshall, the fourth Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, and he said, "The power to tax is the power to destroy." And U.S. Senator and Democratic presidential candidate Liz Warren 
has said she wants to tax us gun owners back to the Stone Age as part of a radical gun control agenda she revealed this week. If elected Warren promises to raise taxes on firearms and ammunition purchases by 30 and 50 percent, respectively. And that's also with her plan for federal licensing of gun ownership. So if now we're talking gun registry, federal gun registry of who owns what, expanded background checks, a renewed ban on quote-unquote assault rifles, or as I'm going to call them, military-styled semi-automatic rifles. So you got to figure, there's already an 11% federal excise tax on all guns now, and that money goes to conservation programs, hunting programs, education programs. Now, if they bump that by 30% more, that means there's going to be a 41% tax on guns. And imagine raising a box of ammo by 50%. So that $10 box of ammo is now going to be $15. And and you're thinking, okay, well, that's not unreasonable. I could afford that. But you know what? How long is it going to be until that 50% goes to 100, 200, 500, 1,000%, and you're paying $100 for a box of ammo? We all know how taxes go in the United States. They never go down, at least rarely, as the government has to find a way to keep that money coming in. So she is basically going to push for taxes. She won't eliminate your rights, but she's going to tax them so heavily that nobody's going to be able to afford to have a gun or buy a new gun or have ammunition. Now, this would be great for people who have lots of guns and want to sell some stuff off because the prices will definitely go up. It'll drive up the prices, and a free market will allow people to sell guns for more money, but I think overall it's going to hurt everybody. She's going to tax these things so much that no one's going to be able to afford anything. And the worst thing is the people who need weapons the most to defend themselves and their families, people who live in poorer districts, people who live in in places where they're just getting started or don't make that much money, they are going to be hurt the most because they are the ones who will not be able to afford the ammunition or the guns to defend themselves. And she, okay, here's a quote from her directly. The next president has a moral obligation to use whatever executive authority she has to address the gun crisis. But it's obvious that executive action is not enough. Durable reform requires legislation, but right now legislation is impossible. Why? Because of a a virulent mix of corruption and abuse of power. So she's saying the current administration is an abuse of power. Why? Because they defend the Second Amendment, because they believe in the Constitution, and she obviously does not. She also says she intends to go after the NRA and other lobby groups that have a stranglehold on Congress with new anti-corruption legislation. So basically she's going after the First Amendment right for free speech. She's going to use the law to silence people who don't agree with her. That's as fascist as you can get. And you sit there and you call yourself someone in favor of freedom, but you're willing to just gut the Constitution to push your agenda through. Exactly. Here's what I've been saying. The Second Amendment is the only reason the First Amendment still exists. And once she, once she gets rid of the Second Amendment, the First Amendment will be standing on one toe all by itself, ready for some liberal idiot to come and try and push it down, and nobody will be able to stop them. Fortunately, right now, we have a president and a Senate that believes in our Second Amendment rights, at least for the moment. But if it's going to come to, if Elizabeth Warren does become the candidate and she stands a chance of winning the election, 
and they take back and the Democrats take back the Senate, then, you know, how you fight this? I mean, there's nothing in the law that says you can't tax things. However, that would be, to me, an infringement on your right, and that would be a violation of the Second Amendment. However, I just wonder with the uh, Supreme Court we have now if they would find in favor of that. Because, you know, there's nothing – the Democrats voted against notifying ICE if an illegal alien attempts to buy a weapon. So basically, they don't care if illegals get weapons. They just don't want American citizens to have them. So I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how bad this is going to be for us. Like I say, your Second Amendment rights, once they're gone, that First Amendment is going to be all alone, standing by itself, and have nobody – to stand up for it. You won't be able to fight for your First Amendment right because you will have no weapons to do it with. So you got to get out. you got to vote. you got to talk to people who might be like-minded who don't vote. Even if they don't like potential candidates or they're not happy about either one, tell them to look at what they believe in, look at their rights, and decide if they want to keep them. This is something where you have to look at the, the lesser of two evils. I don't care if you're a Trump supporter, you're not a Trump supporter. You have to look at who the opposite candidate is and decide. Would you rather have somebody who stands up for your gun rights and will not sign away, sign them away or sign huge taxation to get them out of your hands eventually? Because you know if they tax something at a set rate, it's going to go up. Every time they get a chance, they're going to vote to raise it until you won't be able to afford anything. And once they're all gone, no one's going to be able to stand up for any of the other amendments in the Constitution. It'll be a free-for-all, and the politicians will take everything. Okay, now that, that, i got to get into something that's going to make me feel better. And here's something interesting. School shootings are a real fear for many Americans, even though they're a tiny percentage of deaths. It usually happens with school children who everybody has a lot of sympathy for, and you should. These are innocent people. These are people who have not yet begun to live their lives. So most places want to put up some extra signs, gun-free zones, Ohio is starting a program where the teachers have decided that it's time to take steps to protect themselves and the students. So what they're doing is they're starting a gun training program for the teachers. That's right. They're giving teachers who are in the classrooms with these students a means to defend themselves and defend the students in their classrooms. Now they don't have to run and hide under a desk and hope for the best. They will have a teacher who has had training. It was one woman. She's in the middle of three days of target practice, firearm skills, and tactical training run by a group called Faster Saves Lives. Now, she had never touched a gun before this. Now, I would argue she may not be the best candidate, but if she goes through the training and is willing to continue with it, it'll be something to help defend her students, her classroom, against a possible school, school shooter. She'll be carrying that gun in the classroom. And this is this was a volunteer program. She volunteered to do this. So she was asked to do it, and she, she agreed. Now, I'm thinking these are the kind of people who realize that most – I bet most politicians have their kids in schools, and those schools are protected by men with guns because their kids are worth more than your kids? Is that is that how this is supposed to work? Politicians are above the law. Their kids are better than yours. They're more valuable than your kids. That is complete and utter – Bull squeeze. No way. Every American citizen is supposed to be equal under the law. So now at this school where Angie, 
That's the lady who was in the three-day class. A third of their faculty are carrying guns anonymously. Now, the public has been told that the teachers and administrators are carrying, but they don't know who it is. And even their unarmed colleagues don't know who they are. So they're not letting anybody know. It's going to be kind of like an air marshal program, but for schools. Have some armed people in every school in Ohio to defend the school against a possible school school shooter. Now, I would bet just knowing that there are armed people in a school, that's going to cut down school shootings by a ridiculous amount. Because most mass shooters are cowards. They don't want anybody to shoot back at them. They don't want to have any danger inflicted on them. They're cowards, and they have no... No bravery when anybody's going to challenge them or threaten them. They want an easy target. They want somebody who can't defend themselves. They want to shoot innocent people. Now, some people are obviously, they're a little skittish about this. They don't like the idea that they're taking on another responsibility along with the responsibility of teaching students. But you know what? This is the only way to stop it. You're not going to stop it by just hoping, putting signs up, making everything a gun-free zone. That's not going to work. You've got to fight force with force. There's an old Latin saying that I'm extremely fond of, civis pacem parabellum. If you've seen the new John Wick movie, you've heard it. It basically means if you want peace, prepare for war. You have to be prepared for the worst and hope for the best. Having it and not needing it is way better than needing it and not having it. It's kind of like, A gun is kind of like a parachute in this respect. If you ever find yourself in need of one and don't have it, it'll be the last time you ever need one. Just like the parachute. If you don't have it when you need it, it's not going to be helpful the next time because there'll be no next time. Now, it was funny because they were talking about the mentality they had to instill into these teachers because most of these, they're not trained law enforcement. They're not trained military they have to be trained to shoot to kill. And now these are people who are not used to doing this. This was not the kind of thing they were into, but they got to realize if they try and shoot somebody to de-escalate a situation, you're going to maybe aggravate it more or you're going to you're going to make it worse, you're going to aggravate the situation, you're going to make the shooter more nervous and maybe cause more damage to more people. You have to shoot them to de-escalate the situation, take them out of the equation. So That's something I hope when the time comes, these people can pull the trigger, aim true, and hit their targets, and stop a potential mass shooter in in their tracks. That's going to be the only way you're going to stop them is to have a good person with a gun to stop the bad guy with a gun. Now, in Texas, that's exactly what happened. However, this person had very little training from what I suspect. Okay, early in the morning, 2.30 a.m., Houston, Texas. Lachelle Hudgens arrived outside her apartment where several men were standing around her in the parking lot. Her windows were partially rolled down. Two of the men approached her and began antagonizing her. She said she couldn't do anything but scream. At one point, they told me to stop screaming, reach the hand inside the car. One man reached into her passenger side window and grabbed at her purse. Before he could take it, however, she retrieved her gun from the bag. She shot twice, shattering the passenger side window. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. It was all I had in my gun. I shot until I couldn't shoot anymore. There's been no discussion of our pistol only had two rounds in it. (laughs) Maybe it was a two-shot 
Derringer or something like that. I don't know. She, and when she, when asked about it, she goes, honestly, I think I closed my eyes at that point. I just know my gun was in my hand and I was getting ready to shoot. And before I knew it, I opened my eyes and they were gone. <laughs> and she, she jumped out of the car and just kept screaming like for somebody to help her. Oh, my, you know. And like most people who buy tools for an emergency, they never use it outside of an emergency. She got the gun for the purpose. It, it worked. They had, oh, there was a wounded man on the other side of the com- complex. It appears she wounded one of the assailants with the two shots. So she hit something, even though her eyes were probably closed when she pulled the trigger. <laughs> this is not the kind of training I recommend for anybody. This is why... I say you must get training if you get a weapon. It's like having a treadmill. It doesn't do any good if you don't use it. That was OJT? Pardon? OJT? You don't know what that means. No, I don't. What is OJT? On-the-job training. Yes. (laughs) If you want to call it that, yes. She got on-the-job training. And I still wonder why she just didn't roll her windows up. (laughs) Unless they were manual windows, but I didn't think they made cars like that anymore. But, oh, my gosh, this is why I stress if you get a gun, learn how to use it. Not only is it effective and makes you better with when you if you ever do have to use it, but it's more fun, too. All right, we're going to be right back after these few matches. Is Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. I am Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show where we talk about guns, the use of guns, the politicians who want to take them away, and everything else to have to do with weapons and firearms and guns. And just a moment ago, we were talking about a Texas woman who stopped five robbers with two shots from her weapon as she shot through her passenger side window. Unfortunately, when she did that, she closed her eyes and just pulled the trigger until she couldn't shoot anymore and only had two rounds apparently in her gun. I don't know what kind of weapon it was, but there it was. It worked. 
She she even hit one of the perpetrators, and I don't know. I guess the rest of his buddies just decided he was expendable, and they left him there. So, you know, that's why I stress get some training. Learn how to use your weapon. Don't let the first time you fire it be in a situation like this. Learn what you're doing. Pay attention so when it does happen, you won't be stressed out. You won't be afraid. You will be confident, and you'll be able to do what you need to do. Like some people. And we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum here. This is a good one. You'll probably like this. A fellow named Nicholas Irving, otherwise known as The Reaper, was an Army Ranger sniper, a machine gunner. This guy had 33 kills in a single deployment and an unconfirmed kill total. That could be in triple digits. He served in Special Operations Sniper in the 3rd Ranger Battalion, now working as a reality TV personality. Now, there was a thief who attempted to rob this man. (laughs) And as you can imagine, we use the word attempted there because... As you can imagine, this guy does not take being threatened lightly. Apparently, somebody pulled a gun on him, and it didn't work out in their favor at all. Now, he actually says in his tweet, While within my legal right to defend what is mine, property, and person, with the use of deadly force, the choice not to and a little handwork was the best option. So he apparently disarmed this guy by hand, threw him on the ground, and waited for the police to arrive. Yeah, when a guy has you know, is known for killing 33 Taliban fighters in one deployment. This is not the guy you want to rob at gunpoint. So this guy hopefully learned his lesson. Now, this guy had the training. He learned how to use his weapons, and he didn't even have to use it because he was able to disarm his assailant with hand-to-hand combat moves. Yeah, make sure the guy you're you're going to rob is not an Army Ranger sniper. <laughs> a machine gunner, and a special forces soldier. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But that's the kind of thing you want to see. You want to see people who are trained to do this, who will come out and will, even though it's a situation where your stress is high, your palms get sweaty, you can't think straight, your, your vision narrows, your fine motor skills start to dissipate. If you've trained for this and it's second nature and it becomes instinctual, can you aim your weapon without thinking about it, without concentrating it? When you draw that weapon, do you automatically put both hands on the grip, push the gun out, and acquire the sights without having to hunt around for them? These are the kind of things you need to practice. You need to go to the range. You need to find somebody who can help train you. Even if it's not somebody who's, you know, a law enforcement or military professional, find somebody who's got some expertise, who's got some long-term use, who knows the basics and can teach you. And the thing is, practice these, practice these, practice these. The more you practice, the easier it's going to get. You should be able to reach around, draw your weapon without thinking about it if there's a threat. Someone yells threat, you have your hand on that weapon, you draw it out, you keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction until you figure out where the threat is. Then you point your weapon, put your finger on the trigger, and go to work. But I can't stress enough, get the training. You don't want to have your gun be a treadmill sitting in the middle of the of the drawer, you know, with wrappers all over it or keys sitting on top of it, never having been touched ever since you brought it home from the gun store. Just like your treadmill that sits there downstairs with clothes and boxes sitting all over it. It does nobody any good if it doesn't get used. And the more you use it, the better you're going to get at it, the better you're going to feel about using it. So pay attention. Roger, I want to uh, interrupt right now. I don't know if you've heard me before on this, but... Uh America's Web Radio is dedicated to a lot of things. Uh, one is elderly abuse that we have. We do a show on. Right. The only weekly show like it. 
And uh, this past weekend, it was probably one of the more depressing weekends that I've had. A friend of mine in Oregon called, and his wife works in a hospital. She's sort of like a um, uh, psychologist for young for kids, and that's uh, she works in the pediatric department. And she told, or my friend told me the story that his wife had brought home that uh, about two weeks ago, a girl was admitted to her hospital, 16 years old, 16-year-old child, and uh, she was admitted for knife wounds, knife slashes, as well as rape. And this was all done by her stepfather, her grandfather tried to, inter, you know, stop it. Intervene. And, uh, and, yeah, intervene. And uh, the stepfather shot and killed him in front of the girl. And then not only did this stepfather slash her with a knife, but he also put her eye out, put one of her eyes out, stuck the mm. knife in her eye. This guy is obviously an animal. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, proceeded to rape her and she had been abused before and her mother was in the hospital uh, and you know they never reported it to the police they could have gotten help had they been reporting the abuse by the stepfather but you have to have a track record to start enforcing that yes yeah but this is this is you know i I've seen a lot of things as an EMT and heard a lot of things and talked to a lot of folks, but I've never, this is the most animalistic thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, we've started, we're going to be starting doing something for her. And quite frankly, if you're listening and you have an idea about something that we can do, that uh, her biggest thing was to ask my friend's wife, that she loves peanut butter and she loves Walmart peanut butter. So uh, my friend's wife went and got her some, and you know I, I just I can't let it go. And uh, that's it, not the kind of thing that we should let go. No. And if if you have any ideas, uh, please send them to GM at America's Web Radio, and uh, I think we're going to start a uh, GoFundMe. Uh, uh, page for her good idea yeah, for her education and God knows the the trauma this young lady's gonna have suffer with the rest of her life. Oh yeah, and uh, and plus blind in one eye now, which I can't think. You know, I'd even like ideas about how to get rid of this guy, <laughs> how, to, how to torture him, and you know, put ants all over him in honey and let him bite him to death, but. Anyway, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this, no, this that's, has been eating me alive. That's frankly. the kind of thing. I mean, and now, unfortunately, she was very young, so she probably she couldn't have defended herself much better than what she did. And she was in a situation where she couldn't be on her own. And I don't know if her mother had been doing anything to. She obviously got involved with the stepfather and yeah. brought him into well, the situation. The, the mother has been abused and was in the hospital during the time that all this was happening and only her grandfather was there and probably pretty old and couldn't do anything and well he was killed right shot him so that's uh, you know like i say if he had had a weapon and been trained in the use of it he might have stopped him before he hurt her so bad oh that's just it's sad to think of that but women in particular are more vulnerable 
in these situations. They have to find a way to defend themselves because, you know, you're not going up against even – now, granted, there are women who I would not want to face in a dark alley ever. <laughs> Trained in martial arts, skilled with, a, with all kinds of weapons, but a majority of them are not as strong as their male counterparts, and they're always going to suffer, especially if there's more than one. You go up with any person going up against two or three attackers, you're going to have to find a way to defend yourself – and rarely is it going to be with a stick. You're going to have to have a firearm to do that. And in order to be effective at it, you've got to get the training you need. Go out there and use that thing till it becomes second nature. Watch John Wick 100 times. Go to the range 200 times. <laughs> Learn what you're doing. Make a difference with yourself. And remember, all you fathers out there and mothers who have daughters, remember, a restraining order is just a piece of paper. You've got to teach them to defend themselves. Teaching a girl how to use a weapon or a woman to use a weapon, is there's nothing wrong with that. Traditionally, it's been a male sport. But you know what? It's time for everybody to be responsible for themselves. As I said before, you should be your own first responder. You be the first responder for your family, for your, for your friends, for your coworkers. You be the guy who defends them against violence, against evil, against animals, like, like that guy we just heard about. You be the one who stands up and puts him down. Because that's what you do to a wild animal. You have to put him down. There's no rehabilitating somebody like that. That is just ridiculous. But okay, I mean, that's uh, that just gets me irritated. Whenever you hear something like that, you just think, you know, what if somebody was here or had a weapon who could have stopped that guy? Could he have stopped him before he did all his damage to a 16-year-old girl? And I just wonder, you know, fathers, mothers, teach your daughters, teach your sons how to defend themselves. But teach them the responsibility that comes along with it. You don't want to end up raising a school shooter, but you want to have a girl who, if anything happens to her and she's alone, she's by herself, you're not there to help her, she can defend herself, she can stand up for herself, she can fight back. She will not become a statistic. Nobody wants to be on the wrong end of that. It'd be much, as they have said forever, better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I am Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Thanks for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.